Hello, welcome to the National Technology News podcast. I'm Alex Leonards, Senior Reporter at National Technology News. During a major incident, whether it be a fire, terrorist attack, natural disaster or cyber incident, it's crucial organisations are able to safely and quickly mobilise their workforces. Despite a growing body of specialist technology, both public bodies and enterprises are struggling to communicate effectively across their wider organisation during both critical and routine situations. Meanwhile, organisations must also grapple with the growing influence of social media, which can often serve as a hotbed for red herrings and uncertain information when crises break out. Without a cohesive, multi-agency communication strategy, many organisations are risking slower and less efficient responses to emergencies. They also miss out on a networked approach to business interaction, where workforces can collaborate, coordinate and capture information in the field, even during day-to-day operations and duties. To explore some of these challenges and opportunities, we're joined by Chris Ula, Business Relations and Solutions Manager at BlackBerry. Hi, Chris. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? Hi, Alex. Uh, I'm fine, thank you. And thank you for inviting me uh, to take part in this podcast. Absolutely. Well, we're very glad to have you on. And I also wanted to congratulate you on uh, BlackBerry's recent win alongside Greater Manchester Police at the National Technology Awards. Thank you. Yes, thank you for that. It was uh, was quite an honour to be involved in that award ceremony with Greater Manchester Police. Brilliant. Well, let's jump straight into my first question. Before joining BlackBerry, you had a 30-year career with the police. Could you tell me a little bit about your experience in the force, dealing with major incidents and emergencies and how this has informed your current role? Yes, I did uh, 30 years. As you say, I did 30 years with uh, Greater Manchester Police. Uh, I retired as a superintendent, mainly worked in specialist operations. So during my service over the past 30 years, I've been involved in every major incident that occurred in Greater Manchester. Uh, That was either at a strategic or a tactical level. I've also led or been involved in the planning of the biggest uh, major events held in Greater Manchester, such as the Commonwealth Games, the annual government conferences that we Labour conference or the uh, Conservative Party conference, royal visits, visits by the Queen and many other sporting events as well. And I suppose the experience and learning that I gathered around forward and emergency planning have been invaluable. And one particular area that has always been a challenge has been around multi-agency communications. I think that's where every single incident, every exercise I've been involved in, communications has been a challenge or has has been criticised later down the line. Definitely. Thanks for that, Chris. It's it's really interesting to hear about your experiences, you know, working with the police and, and how that has influenced your current career path. What are some of the communication challenges that organisations, including the police, are facing during both routine and critical situations? Um, I'll try and paint a picture for you. Um, when uh, a major incident breaks or a critical incident, there's a large number of organisations, both in the public and private sector, that are called upon when the incident happens or a large-scale pre-planned event is run. And when you've got that many stakeholders involved, the ability to communicate the same message to all of them at the same time becomes really difficult. The strategy or a policy may have changed and that then needs to be cascaded out to all those involved. At the moment, organisations have a very linear way of communicating. Uh, What I mean by that is it's very sort of one after the other. 
one person's contacted by telephone, spoken to, then the next person is contacted. It's it's very much that way that it's run. And even though that and, and that's even though we've got that many ways of communicating with each other these days as well. Brilliant. It does seem that even with such a wide range of technologies out there that many organisations, um, including public bodies, are still struggling to communicate effectively across the workforce. But that brings us nicely onto my next question, which is, is modern technology a benefit or a hindrance when it comes to managing communications at a multi-agency multi level? No, that's an interesting question. Uh, I believe, and that's and this is just me and from my experience, that modern technology can be both a benefit and a hindrance. If I can give you an example, um, we're in an era now where technology is being developed at a pace like we've never seen before. There's so many ways that people have, have adopted to communicate now in comparison to, let's say, 10 years ago. We now have mobile phones, laptops, desktops, radios, social media, TVs. I'm just trying to think of anything else. Anyway, but where messages can go out via text, email, voice calls, instant messaging, video conferencing. You know, there's so many ways of communicating. So. And the difficulty then comes at how can you ensure what medium each agency is using? Have they got all the technology? Are they just on landline telephones? Have some people got mobile phones? So do you call them on the telephone? And is that a mobile? You don't know. What number do you call? Do you text them? Do you use instant messaging? So you can see there's that many choices, you know, that the person that's trying to get the message out or the organizations that's trying to get the message out, you know, that's where the confusion starts to come in. That's when it adds sort of time to the, it adds response time to the emergency services. Does that make sense what I'm saying there uh, in relation to that? Yeah, definitely. It seems like in a way, yeah, it is a benefit and a hindrance because there's just too much choice. Well, yeah, and I'll, I'll so that's the hindrance. The, the choice is there. What are they using? You know, even even let's let's say you know, the technology, and then what connectivity they're using? Are they on Wi-Fi? Are they on 4G, 5G, landline? Are they reachable? There's all them considerations taken. So when you look at it from that point of view, it'd be great if all that could be just brought together under one sort of platform. There is a solution now that brings all that technology together, regardless of what the recipient is using. And what I mean by that is that a message can go out from the click of a button, say, to all those methods of communication instantly, so that you don't have to worry about what technology the person receiving the message is using. If I, I'll put that into some uh, into a real life example now. So we ran a major incident cascade exercise uh, with the police. And what I mean by that is it's a, a, a make-believe incident where we've got to then notify all the commanders and all the organizations who need to know about the incident. So that's police, fire, ambulance, local authorities, hospitals, uh, utilities. So that, that information needs to get out there. And we ran the exercise using the traditional methods of communicating, which is still in existence today. It's not changed across, I would say, probably 95% of uh, the blue light service. And that is picking up the telephone, ringing people up, letting them know what's going on. So you can imagine that the list is huge. Where, you know, there's a massive amount of people that need contacting. And when you're actually doing that, you've got to task people to ring them, contact them, note down what you what was said to them and then what they're saying back it took over an hour to inform all the people about the major incident 
and what was involved. We then ran the same exercise using the BlackBerry Atox solution, and this will surprise you now, we ran it using the BlackBerry Atox solution to the same people, and it took 10 minutes to reach out to the same number of stakeholders. We wow. informed them of the information, and we actually got an acknowledgement back as well, but not only that, there was an audit trail of each individual communications, and the importance of that is, should it be needed later for a debrief or a public inquiry or something like that? Mm -hmm. You know, so that's where technology then becomes a huge benefit when all those methods of receiving information can be brought together under what I call one shield of communications. So that, you know, to be able to do that and not only that, to do it under a secure platform as well, because you don't want, you know, you don't want information getting to the wrong people. The platform that you use has to be secure. Uh, and that is what we did. We ran the same exercise, sorry, the same type of exercise with the fire service as well. It took them 90 minutes to reach out to all their respective people. And when uh, we ran it with the Atox solution, we reduced that down to six minutes. So wow. you can see there's a huge time saving there. And like I said, there's a full audit trail about when the person received it uh, and what their response to that actual message was. We can even tell whether somebody, because uh, it can do uh, text to speech as well, so it can it can actually read out the text over. If somebody picks up the phone, it will ring them, read the, the text out. And if somebody hangs up, it will even tell us that they've hung up. You know, that's, yeah. that's how granular information is. That's amazing to, to see how um, some of the benefits um, that technology can bring, you know, uh, whittling it down from an hour to 10 minutes is is pretty impressive. And yeah, it's interesting to to kind of see the multifaceted nature of te technology when it comes to uh, communication across a business or organization. But what about social media? What What impact can social media have during a major incident? Yeah, and I, I did. I, I forgot to mention social media. Uh, right, when a, when a major incident occurs, it usually hits social media in seconds. People have now got uh, mobile technology with them. It's with them all the time. We've seen it on many occasions where an incident has broke, and immediately it's on social network. Yeah, I mean, it's even before the blue light services get involved. So, from a blue light policing perspective. It can be good to one degree because we know that something's happened because the activity across social media is intense. And so we know something has happened or, or is still occurring with what I call the amount of noise that's going on across all the different platforms. So we know that side of it, which is the good side. The hindrance comes because there's so much misinformation as well. The speculation that actually, which actually impacts on the true version of events. So people start to speculate about what's gone on, if the incident has, for instance, how many fatalities have there been, how many walking wounded are there, and are there other similar incidents? And we've seen time and time again that there's, there may have been an incident that's happened, but then you know we get reports that there are similar incidents across you know the force area. And actually there haven't been, it's people just making assumptions or i mean you know some is because they haven't got facts themselves some it's actually being mischievous as well so mm -hmm. you can see social media can be good but yeah. again it's it, from a policing perspective it's not a reliable uh, source of information as far as i'm concerned anyway yeah absolutely and i think sometimes we forget how influential social media can be in our lives and of course 
during a major incident or, or crisis, it can be a significant issue, particularly for the police and emergency services. So can critical event management technology also be useful in other scenarios, for example, just improving the day-to-day work life of staff? Yeah, that's another good question. Some critical event management technology can be used as a day-to-day business tool. Initially, Greater Manchester Police acquired BlackBrit Atop platform as their critical event management process, or to enhance their critical event management process, particularly around the communication. However, they now use the system on a daily basis for resource management as well. Uh, And what I mean by that is that they use it to allocate overtime duties, they use it for iconic and vulnerable location checks, they use it to send information to officers based on their location whilst being out on patrol. So what that means is that officers are receiving intelligence alerts that are relevant to where they are. Uh, and where they're patrolling. And that's based because the actual system uses their geolocation. So as they enter into a given area, it might be an area for high crime. It might be an area that's got problems with antisocial behavior. Then they'll receive relevant information now as they walk into the area, which is a really, really good tool to have. And, you know, they use it also around uh, HR, training, development, even IT outages, that type of thing. And I think it's really important that critical event management systems are not just left dormant until a major incident occurs. Because in my experience, those people that were trained to use the system, they've either moved on or have forgotten how to use it. It's just left there until an incident happens. And I think we've all seen that in some shape or form with other technology, whether it just be how to use uh, uh, you know, a spreadsheet or something like that. You, know, you actually forget the skills. Then yeah. when it comes to actually using it, they try to use it. They try to navigate the way around the platform. They struggle with it, and then they just revert back to type, which is basically yeah. they start phoning people up using whiteboards, that type of thing. So if it can be used daily, then it become then they become familiar with the working of that technology, and then they can use it when they're actually under pressure as well. And I think that's the benefit of it. Plus, they said that you know they're not just it's not just parked up waiting for an incident. They are getting a lot of use out of it as well. I mean, even if I can give you an example where I said in Greater Manchester use it for resource management, you know, the time that they saved uh, requesting officers to work overtime, to, that may be to police demonstration or planned demonstration, the ability then to reach out to the officers and, and get those officers to work, it used to take days before they could actually firm up who was working. Now they've reduced that down to hours or even minutes to get confirmation. Absolutely. Yeah, no, the point about sort of continuing to to use the technology, unfortunately, uh, technology isn't always like riding a bike. So it's important to kind of always be um, keeping that up, really. But yeah, thanks, Chris. It's, it's interesting to hear some of those other use cases for this this kind of technology. So for my final question, how did critical event management technology come in handy for organisations during the pandemic? Again, I'll refer back to uh... Greater Manchester Police, um, when the pandemic broke, Greater Manchester Police approached me asking me, could they use the ATOT solution for two things? And those two things were, one, to send out daily bulletins to all the staff, the majority of which were locked down, uh, working remotely. 
which they'd never been before. And, and you know, that, that stands not just for the police, that, that was across the whole country. You know, people were locked down working from home. And what, uh, what the chief constable wanted to be able to do was to be able to send out a daily bulletin to those, uh, to all staff members to keep them updated with what's going on across the force. So they still felt part of the force, even though they were working remotely. And the second thing was the ability to send out a health and wellbeing questionnaire to all staff relating to COVID as well. Uh, the chief felt, uh, you know, as still has a duty of care for his staff. And this was one of the ways that he could actually fulfill that duty of care. So we would ask them things like, how are they feeling? Do they have symptoms of COVID? Do they need any help? And they were getting the responses back very, very quickly and then could actually respond to that, particularly around you know, sort of some of the mental health issues that uh, people were facing might not necessarily have been facing the the symptoms of COVID or the effects of COVID, but it was actually working from home work, which they'd never done before. So though, that's uh, that's how it was used for the pandemic. And the other thing it did as well, you could actually do a bit of a heat map and see where people, based on their answers, where there was possibly a, a larger outbreak of COVID in one area than the other. Brilliant. Well, it's great to hear that the technology was able to address some of those um, health and also mental health issues throughout the pandemic. But yeah, I think technology has certainly been uh, vital uh, throughout the COVID crisis and, and has really helped all sorts of organisations adapt, basically. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today, but it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast, Chris. If our listeners want to find out more about BlackBerry, where can we send them? Well, I think uh, the obvious place would be go to uh, the BlackBerry webpage, which is uh, www.blackberry.com. And then under the products, just look for ATOC, that's A-T-H-O-C. And then there's um, you know a wealth of information there. There's case studies there uh, to show exactly how it's used. So it's not just in the blue light sector or the public sector, the private sector as well are using this. It's used globally. United States, Australia, Canada, Singapore, it's used uh, India, it's used across the world. So they can actually get some real uh, examples, like I said, not just in the public sector, but also uh, private sector as well. Perfect. Well, thanks again for joining us, Chris, and also to all of our listeners. Until next time. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me.